One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. It is Monday night, 8 p.m., which means only one thing. It is the online Darts Live Lounge with me, Phil Bars, Jack Garwin. And tonight we have Cam McFarlane with us because Boise is having a romantic weekend with his train set. We used to give Jar stick for it, so now Boise can have it. <laughs> Gents, good evening. Another Monday wedding, is it? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Cam has stepped in. Gents, do you have a good weekend? There's never a dull moment, is there, in the darting world? Are we going no. there already? <laughs> no, <never yet> <laughs> <laughs> what stars we mean to go on? We're going there already. <laughs> oh, yeah, look, it's what we do. Um, but everyone in the chat room, nice and early, all the regulars, um, give yourself a shout out. Tommy, Adrian, Andrew, Joe, as always, um, Owen. Um, TJ, how are we doing? Frey, James, Matthew, Kieran, Aaron, Jack, Daniel, of course, Tug is in. And some lad called Charlie's in as well. He's from Yorkshire, isn't he? Oh, I got him. Uh, yeah, yeah, Yorkshireman. <laughs> um, Henry is in as well. Had a decent chat with Henry. Hope you have your, um, your stab proof vest ready, mate. Could be a busy week. Uh, but um, is Lee helping Manchester United interview for their new manager? <laughs> He's probably applied for it. He's, well, he couldn't do any worse, to be fair. Football manager resume at the ready. <laughs> there is that. But in the chat room, we have shared some links on social media. So if you can chuck them around for us as well. It would be much appreciated as we try and get to 25k subs. We've got a nice little giveaway planned for when we do. Um, but it's Rotterdam. Rotterdam seems a long time ago now. Only only Thursday, but it seems an awful long time ago. We went went all orange. I still can't believe they let you in. I'm on one of their own, didn't I? Just orange on top, so you just sneak in with the rest yeah. of the crowd. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> he's gone, gone full, 
as as much as you can go for it. That that's commitment to the cause. Yeah, see, no, no, it's orange suits. I'm just going full full steam ahead. Um, but it was it, it was an interesting an interesting night, shall we say? Um, be, before we actually get on to the darts itself, it's gonna it's gonna play you um play you a little clip of this lot because he may have he may not have been there playing but oh my god this man is still the darling of dutch darts absolutely unreal they do love Raymond Van Barneveld. Someone's got to. No, I joke. That, that's a very jar joke, not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> great noise. I still love him. I'd, look, when you get a reaction like that from that crowd, I still will not be told differently that the best way for Raymond to finish his career was to leave his darts on stage in, in Rotterdam a couple of years back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's kind of the peak, isn't it? The, yeah, absolutely. It was it was commercial reasons that kept him going for the rest of the year. Let's not beat around the bush on that one. He had sponsorship deals and everything else. Yeah, but look, it was just unreal. Um, he came on. He was working for for Beer Play. Um, came down did an interview with Sky, um, and they were they were loving it. Yeah, but I've said this a couple of times now. The timing of that interview was poor. Yeah, I think we discussed that on on Thursday, didn't we, on the fallout, that it, whether that was the right time to do it. I, I kind of get having him on, but we both kind of all get him on at the start, having part of the initial coverage, having there as part of Sky's coverage rather than anything else. But, yeah, to throw him on just when he did probably a little bit of a strange one. Yeah, look, it should have gone after the quarterfinals, before the semi-finals would have been the the, the, the ideal place. How are we doing, Rose? Hope you are good. Um, but on to the darts. Before a dart was thrown, that is how the te- or the group this week looked. Peter Wright, James Wade, Gary Anderson, Joe Cullen. We'll go there in a minute. Um, Johnny Clayton, Joe in Price, and MVG against Michael Smith. I'm going to say it, boys. Overall, I thought the standard was down this week. The drama was up there. The, actual sta- the standard wasn't up there this week. Nottingham was saved by the final, and quite frankly, the rest of this Premier League has been quite drab. Yeah, I generally the- think the players are struggling to get themselves up for the fact they're playing these guys so often. Yeah, possibly. It yeah, used to like be it. a big deal for Joe Cullen to play Michael Van Gerwen, to play Gerwin Price, to play Peter Wright, to have a crack at the world number one, the world champion, the match play champion, whoever. Even in the old Premier League format, it was still a big deal for, all right, I've got Gary this week, I want to, I want to put in a good performance against him, and then I've got Michael this week. No, you can play six of them in two weeks. 
just miss out by one. Yeah. Unless you're in the top yeah. three and then they put in specific positions in the draws. But yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna go there. <laughs> you, you trying to suggest players may have knew when they were on? <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be seen as the money guy, but it's just not right. <laughs> uh, right. We'll get rid of this one. The results are up there, but we'll, we'll, we'll go through them um, as, it, as it played out. Um, first up, Wade and Wright. And again, it was bitty. James Wade was in it. God, then, then, then Wright came back and we had dark changes. And it was just, just missed something, I think. It was lacking a spark story of the Premier League. Look, we've sat before and told you we'd rather see scrappy mid-90s, high-80s matches that have drama in them than we would sit and watch one player reel off 100 average to somebody not really competing. We want to see both sides of the game. It's not all about one player blowing someone out of the water, but I think we're just seeing it too much now for what we consider the best eight players in the world, or certainly a selection of them. Yeah, and when they're not hitting the tights, it's just becoming that little bit more. I don't think this is doing these guys any good away from the Premier League either. I think because they're chucking in so many averages like this, it's not doing their confidence any good. It's not doing fear factor any good. But for this specific match, yes, you are right. James Wade was shocking on the outer ring. Moving on, arguably. It <laughs> I'm pretty sure he went five the, from eight, but <laughs> oh, that was last week. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, the shocking everywhere else. <laughs> the, the, the talking point of the night now happening in game number two, still being spoken about now. Full interview on our YouTube channel. We'll play you a clip at the end. Um, but Gary Anderson against Joe Cullen. Look, one, the game was dross. But two, Cam, we're all talking about the the consequences of whatever may or may not have happened in leg 11. I've watched it back multiple times. I don't see Joe Cullen do anything wrong. No, I think me and Gob sat there on, on Thursday just before we went live on the fallout trying to watch it back a few times, trying to see if we could see if he did anything wrong. There's nothing from any of the angles on TV that looks like he did anything wrong. I think it was just a little bit of, a little bit of, um, I don't even know. It's not even like it was sort of sour grapes at that point because he'd already sort of turned around and looked at him before that point. But I think he's just got himself distracted there, Gary. And, and that's the thing. The, the plus side is talking about this as just talking about the actual game, which like you say, was, was not very good up until that point. Um, and, to be honest, not very good after that point either in terms of the fact that Gary came back and missed three more to, to win the match as well. Um, yeah, there's nothing I could see that he did anything wrong. It's not the sort of thing that you would expect from Joe either. We've never seen anything like that from him before either. So I think it was just I think it was just a bit of in the heat at the moment from Gary. He was not too happy with it because he went on and lost the game. 
yeah. The, the interesting thing, Rob, is I suppose we need to hear from Gary to find out exactly what he thinks Joe did because all we got was, you know what you've done. You can lip-read that yeah. clearly, but we still don't know exactly what is alleged, do we? I don't know. It wasn't the final three darts. There was a moment on the 77, on the Tate at 58 and looks over his left shoulder just to say, what are you doing? I'm not sure if he felt Joe had made a comment, someone from the crowd had made a noise and he, he attributed it to Joe. If Joe had managed to find the one part of the stage that makes a noise, look, it exists. It's the same stage set up pretty much. Um, Gezi found it the other week with Michael Van Gogh in. As strong and as structurally sound as they are. A little bit of give in one place and it can make a noise and, and do enough. But for me, especially as experience as a player, because I know this 100% to be true, that's, that tells me that Gary's not very confident, despite the fact he won the week before. You've got a chance to go up and win the match, and you're looking and you're listening for all the little things to put you off. Yeah. If you're playing well and confident, you get up, you slap them darts in, and you go, ha, good try, thanks for coming. I almost think a lot of the players are doing that at the minute. Yeah, but look, the, the fallout will continue. Like we say, we'll hear from Joe later on. Then World Cup winning teammates collide. And this game, God, was all about Johnny Clayton's finishing. The combination finishing, the sidewards point, the glance at the camera was all hooked up in this one game. Um, look, 6-5 was kind to Gezi. Johnny should have got it done beforehand, but a big win for Clayton in the context of he's been struggling recently. Yeah, and I, I'm still not sure this reverses that struggle as such. Look, Premier League, you're not going to win every single game every single week. The fact Phil Taylor did that for so long is just ridiculous. But I, I'm still not sure that that slides reverse, but he needs to start grinding out these wins and giving himself a chance to then go and produce his A game and, and win other games of his B game and, and scrap it out. And he's look, finishing and that was superb from, from Johnny. He's definitely got it in his locker. Very much a rhythm player. Um, you like said, much needed win for Johnny, especially against Gezi. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And then the last game of the quarterfinals was an interesting one. Um, MVG, Michael Smith, and this is the one that got away from Bully Boy. MVG was there for the taking cam. Um, we did see some crowd whistling and, and booing. We'll come on to that in a minute. Smith reacted to it, but ultimately, MVG, you could see trying too hard, trying to impress at home, so to speak, and it, it almost come unstuck in the opener. Yeah, and that's the thing. And like you say, it's, it's an hour away from home for him. It's it's the closest he gets to, to play to home at, at any point, really, for him. And and you could tell that he was really trying too hard. He was forcing forcing the darts a bit. He was he was, and it probably didn't help. Like we say, with the timing of having Barney on the stage just before the crowd were probably even more up than they'd have been anyway. And he wanted to go on and put on a show, and and it had a negative effect on on his performance. Um, I mean. Michael Smith, you play MVG average in 89, you should be putting him away every, every time. You don't get opportunities like that very often against MVG. And he should have put him away and he certainly should have done at the end. And 
yes, we saw whistling at times, especially on like the one or four, I think it was in like like seven or eight, something around about then when it was possibly at a big time. The one where he actually reacted and gave it back at the end when he threw two shocking darts at tops, to be fair. It, for me, that was just a wall of noise. I don't, there was a lot of like booing and whistling going on, but there was that much of it that there was nothing in that you could have picked out that put him off in, in the throw. It was just, I think they were two really poor darts under pressure, to be fair, which he just, he knew he had the chance there to put him away. And, and I think he just let everything get to him. And I don't think it was the crowd as much as anything on those last two, at least. I would say the, the first one at tops was closer to Amsterdam. Yeah. And to be it, fair, the second was... one was probably closer to France. <laughs> it was like it was on the map of the Eurostar that I was on. One high, one low. Yeah. Rotterdam in the middle. Um, but MVG did progress to the semi-finals. Again, first semi-final. Peter Wright, Joe Cullen, God, we're expecting a semi-decent game, and eighty-eight and eighty-seven averages in a short-format game, the semi-final of a Premier League night doesn't quite cut the mustard. And also, we saw multiple dart changes. From, from Peter Wright at the moment. He genuinely is struggling right now. It's all right doing it when you're confident, when you're changing, when you're not. And over the years, we've always seen Peter Wright change when he's confident, but when he's not, he always go to the go-to set, which at the time were the normal element 11s, recently the gold element 11s. But right now, there's something not quite there. Yeah, he's just he's just missing that spark to his game at the minute, isn't he? Which you expected him to get now. He's ward number one, and he has that battle to stay ahead of Gezi. He nearly lost it over this weekend um, if, if the second event had, had gone Gezi's way as well. So, yeah, he just needs that something extra. But normally, when you sit and look at these averages, especially over a shorter format distance, a, a race to 11, they can be curtailed by... Poor finishing. Like, you have one or two terrible legs where you miss eight, ten darts at double between you. Cullen's still at 35% in this one. Snakey down at 26, four from 15. They're not terrible. Don't get me wrong, they're not brilliant, but they're not terrible doubles that absolutely honk out the place. And I mean, your average drops 15, 20 points. It's just not a lot of consistency there for some of these guys that around that 90, around that 96 plus that we're so used to seeing in the Premier League. But other me, it was the rock star who booked his place in his second nightly final. Who would he play? It was Michael Van Gogh in Cam. And this was more like the MVG that we, we expected. 103 and change average against Johnny Clayton, averaging 98. This was a good performance from Michael. Yeah, it was. This was really good. This was kind of what he wanted to put on, what he wanted to put on in that first game. And I think scraping through that first game just allowed him to relax a little bit more in this one. He looked, everything just looked a bit smoother. The 138 was a bit of magic when he took that out as well. To Was that to wrap it up? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah. Final leg when he took out the 138 to wrap it up as well. It was just, it was much more what we expected and what everyone in the crowd wanted to see as well. Yeah, agreed. Um, then the final was, was an interesting final because when... When you look at most of the stats, you scratch your head, Gob, and think, how has the Rockstar won this one? But like we say, timing, the big moments, having the darts in these short format games, 
really matters. Michael has done not a lot wrong, but Cullen found big moments on his throw. And his finishing especially, there was an 88 on the ball. Um, was there an 81 in there as well or something? It was just the timing of Cullen was sensational. Yeah, look, this final win was all timing. 100%. That's exactly what it was. It was timing and finishing. Seven 180s, not a lot of 140s. It was everything or nothing from from Cullen in the scoring phase. But the finishing was absolutely superb from Joe Cullen. Gets him over the line. Um, if we see another player win a Premier League where the highest average on the night is 90.64, I'll be very, very surprised. And look, with all due respect, James Wade made a career of winning titles, having lower averages. So, look, if the rock star can emulate that, I'm sure he'd take it. Um, yeah, look, but, the players are 100% going to take it in terms of picking up titles, etc. We've spoken a lot about the players we expect to win a night and players we don't expect to win a night. And Joe Cullen was one of the players that I had borderline not winning a night. And I just didn't think he was going to win one where he rocks up his A-game constantly. To, to be, quite honest, a little bit like Van Gerwen's opening night, it's opened up a bit for him. But the players haven't really delivered against him. A lot of games have gone scrappy. He's fought his way through this. He's battled it a lot more than Van Gerwen did in that first week when he really didn't concede that many legs. But the fact there wasn't a massive amount coming back at him, you can get away with it as such. Colour won't mind. He just won a night in the Premier League with, with, with his B game, if not his C game at times. But... Like we keep and saying, for the Premier League, graphic, a bit. on paper, it says Joe Cullen, he beat Gary Anderson, Peter Wright and Michael Van Gogh. If you're just looking at it on paper, that sounds pretty good. Well, yeah, it, look, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? And at the end of the day, there's a bit like, bit like we say in, in golf as well, there's no pictures on the scorecard. At the end of the day, the result's what matters. Yeah, and also, this, this picture that they do every week can we think of something a little bit better please <laughs> it's not great is it no even if we just give them a trophy or something just just something just pointing at the name yeah not not sold on this one i'm not, I'm not sure it will take off yeah just get a little trophy we'll made up that just says rotterdam instead any photo that includes that stage setup i'm against still not a fan of it I prefer it to the one that they used last year all the time, that horrible one. I'm not saying this is That'll be back great, but it's better. Um, That'll be back at some It will. Right. This image. I mean, it's always so dark and horrible, and it just... For the travelling circus last exhibition that it is, you expect... You want colour. You want it to stand out. You want it to be vibrant in the arenas. You just don't get it. No. Yeah, true. Uh, then uh, I suppose, though, then it gives more of a standout to the kind of the rest of it in terms of the screens and everything else. Right. We're going to play this. It's about a minute and 50 seconds. It's fair to say, boys, the rock star doesn't hold back. We'll discuss afterwards. German. Should we call it cheat by a fellow professional? Does yeah. that hurt? Yeah, it does, yeah. I'm not cheating. The, the, you can tell the people who are cheats, if they get accused of something, they just let it go and they just say, oh, well, I'm not bothered, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm a lot of things, I'm not a cheat. 
I won't, won't be called a cheat by any player, it doesn't matter who it is. And um, Gareth, maybe, maybe it was a bit of heat at the moment thing, you know, on Gary's part. I don't, I don't know what he was on about. I, I at first thought he called me um, lucky. And I thought, oh, well, it's fair enough. He's missed three darts to win the match. And, and I've, I've nicked it at the end. I thought, that's fair enough. And then I thought, I thought, I didn't say that. So I asked him what he said. And then he told me what he said. And it's, he, he said, you know what you did? I said, I did nothing. I said, watch every video you got back. Watch everything. And Gary, he's, he's a great professional. You know, he's a great ambassador for the sport. But I think he let himself down tonight. Did that surprise you that he came out with that statement? Well, yeah. I, I can understand it if I've done, if I've done something. I'm the first to admit if I've done anything wrong. I've never ever cheated at a game of darts in my life. You know, as soon if, if any, I've been accused twice now, and both times I've reacted the same, and that's it. Twice in what 14 years I think it is. No, I'm, I'm a lot of things. I'm not a cheat. You know, I, I play the game. If, I, if I'm good enough on the night, it's good enough. A bit similar to Michael. We, we both knew we was terrible tonight. He didn't try to put me off. I didn't try to put him off. I won in the end. No problem. Did that fire you up for the rest of the night? Yeah, it annoyed me. It annoyed me because. Gary's not like that. I played him in the Masters and I beat him in the Masters fair and square and he was fine. He beat me last week in one of the Pro Tours and you know I'm not I'm not about to call him a cheat because you know maybe he stood in the wrong spot or whatever. It, it's a game of darts. It's, it's just it's, it's really petty in my opinion. Doesn't hold back, does he, boys? In his post-match, clearly not happy. And I agree with him. If you've done it. You don't react that strongly. No, I think you're right. He was clearly not happy about it, so it tells you something straight away that you probably would, you probably, I don't know, maybe still deny it, but not the way he did, and not react the way he did. So I think that tells you something straight away. Yeah, it was it was interesting, God, but it was like not just I won't be called a cheat by Gary Anderson. I won't be called a cheat by any player. That was the defining bit for me. But it was like, really, I'm not having this full stop. Yeah, I think that it's almost a good thing from Joe as well. I think it takes a little bit of the attention from Gary. Look, we're all blowing this up because of the incident with Gary. But actually, if you're going to come out that strong and then make it as a, as a broad thing, like I'm just not accepting that across the board, then it almost takes a little bit away from Gary, which is decent in that moment from Joe. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, before we wrap up the Premier League, a couple of bits. One, obviously, we, we spoke about the crowd and a lot was, I was looking at, a lot was made on social media, but it was no worse for me being there than what it's been in some English arenas. Um, in Cardiff, the, the English boys got it. Certainly in Germany, it was it was no worse. The, the, the throwing things, that's a different thing altogether. But the actual booing and whistling was no worse than what we've seen over the last year. The issue is that literally the weekend before, we saw PDC Europe at the Euro Tour make a very, very strong stance against that style of behaviour. If, if they're going to suddenly make that, then everybody has to be united from the PDC across all parts of the PDC. PDC itself, PDC Europe, all the broadcasts have to turn around and say the same. All the pundits have to say the same. It's no good applauding George Noble on Twitter on Saturday and Sunday when he's telling fans, if you carry on, you'll be gone. And then when it comes to your turn on Thursday on commentary, just acting like it doesn't exist. 
and that nobody's whistling and nobody shouted because it makes for good TV, it makes for misses, it makes for drama. I agree. However, the issue you've got is one's a streamed event by PDC Europe. One is the what, the second biggest event, which they want. Which is they kind of the point. The that, yeah, one is the streamed event by PDC Europe, and one is arguably the PDC's biggest marketing tool in the Premier League after the World Championship. That has more eyes on it than pretty much anybody else because it is on so frequently for such a sustained period. Make an example of it where people are going to see it. The behaviour of crowds is learned behaviour from people who go once and see others reacting that way. And the longer and longer bad behaviour has been allowed to creep into the sport unpunished, distinct whistles and individualism. Look, boo and whatever you want, as long as it's a wall of noise and everybody's doing the same. The minute you do something deliberate to try and put a player off, that's where we've got an issue. That's where the players have got an issue. They've even come out and said it themselves in interviews over the last few weeks. Have to change his mentality of supporting your player rather than trying to put the player you're not supporting off. And the best way to do that is to make a stand against it during a TV event, have a proper campaign for crowd behaviour of some sort and make a point of it so that people know the next time they walk into a darts event held by the PDC, they have to behave of some sort. I don't care if you sold it as the biggest party in the world for the World Championships for the last God knows how long at Christmas party and whatever else. That's done. It's done its job. It's got people involved in the sport. Eyes are on the sport. Can't keep allowing it to dictate the course of results. I think it's it's tough though, like you say, it's when you say it's fine having a wall of noise and everyone make everyone booing at the same time or whatever, but that only starts by one person doing it and then everyone else doing it. So it's it's hard to distinguish between that and, and what we see the rest of the time where you get the odd person calling out at the wrong time because unless someone does it first, no there's not gonna be everyone else that kind of joins in and does it. So there's always gonna be the odd ones that are gonna be an outlier from that. Yeah, look, and it looked like somebody whistled or shouted when Johnny Clayton was playing on Thursday, and he managed to eyeball them. There's a moment when he turns around yeah. and absolutely stares at somebody in the crowd, and Johnny Clayton doesn't even, never gets that angry. He's one of the calmest players on tour that you ever see. He's so placid, whatever, he just gets some of it. He gets frustrated, he gets frustrated himself at the absolute worst. If Johnny can spot them from on stage, from the general direction, then stewards and security in the crowd can almost definitely go and identify them. It's a case of whether they want to or not, though, as in they want it stamped out or not, as that's... I think they have to. They absolutely have to. It'll be interesting. We also forget... There needs to be a guideline. Not as set of rules but there needs to be a, a guideline for behavior that gives a scope saying if we believe you're acting in this manner we can withdraw remove you but interaction with the players that's fair enough we still forget every week there is a league table to look at mbg three points clear of peter wright johnny clayton and joe cullen catapults himself 
into the top four, Cameron. It's the way they've designed this league table and the points on offer. You're never really out of this because two wins spins everything around. Yeah, it really does. That's the thing. You it, even at the bottom, they're away. The wins are weak, and even like I say, two wins makes a big difference. But if you win the week as well, you just it catapults you straight back into the middle of the mix for it. Like Joe Cullen was rock bottom, and now he's he's there in fourth. He's actually in a prime spot now to go on and go on and qualify. So. Yeah, and God, the one thing that leaps out for me from that table is legs one in MVG's favour compared to everyone else. That first week when he wins the title and he only ships three legs is massive. Yeah. yeah. And again, that might be a little bit of an issue with this format. In previous weeks, to make a big move up the table, you had to do that consistently over a few weeks. Now you can do it in one night or... Two players have an off night against you. You've suddenly made a massive, massive gain over people chasing, etc. You can, but we're not really seeing it from anyone else, are we? Not yet. <laughs> we are only halfway through as of two right. days, three days' time. Yeah. Then, from Rotterdam, some, not all... Moved on to Niedenhausen. I say some, not all, because before we look at how the Pro Tours went down, what a mess, to say the least. What did we have? Number 55 on the Challenge Tour Order of Merit God playing? We went down as far as 48, as a confirmed. We know 51 didn't get an invite, and then there must have been another late withdrawal, because it's... 51 didn't get an invite, but then Lucas Vainig did at 55. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that was about location more than anything else. Quite possibly. Look, at, at that point, if you've got a set of darts and can play, you might have got a game. You might not even have been able, needed to play, to be honest. Like, as long as you had a set of darts, <laughs> you could borrow one. <laughs> Yeah, as as Gob said on the stream at the weekend, it was the Ryan Harrington shift. Who wants who wants a game, lads? Um, but we did we did have pro tour action in the end. We'll talk about the potential consequences this of this coming weekend because I could, there may be a knock on effect here, and certain players have got a huge decision to make, which we'll also touch on. But shock horror. This man wins Players' Championship 7. The Iceman, Gerwin Price. And, look, he got a little bit of luck along the way. Let's let's be frank about this. I was calling in the semi-final. Rob Cross was 6-2 up. 12 match starts later, Gezi wins. It was a very, very strange semi-final. And, look, Rob Cross has played immaculate all day and most of the year. Didn't see that one coming, boys. No, not at that just... stage. It will hurt Rob Cross. That will hurt Rob Cross an awful lot. Especially as Gezi shook his hand. Like, normally in that situation, one player thinks it's over and was like, what on earth are you doing? Gezi put his darts away. He was like, ready to fist bump. He's like, oh, brilliant. I'm not out yet then. He didn't even say, oh, I'm not out. He's like, I'm not out yet. Thinking full well, yeah. he was done. 
Oh, stick a fork in him. He was medium rare. It's just the most Rob Cross and the most Gerwin Price thing to happen, I think. Yeah, look, it was so, so strange. Look, Manas Rasma played brilliant. A great run from Kevin Duitz as well. He got to the semi-final. Um, great for the, the young man. Um, but, again, Gary Blades, and I mean this with the greatest of respects, how the effing hell has he got to a quarter-final? Because we saw him on the Live League the week before, and he was pony. And he gets a surprise call-up and gets to a quarter-final. I mean, his absence from the Pro Tour lasted six events and then he gets a call-up, yeah. But I thought it was pretty good all day, to be honest. I genuinely... When the quarter-final started, I genuinely thought we were heading for an all-challenge tour final. <laughs> yeah, because Scott Williams was playing so well at that point Scott as Williams well. was playing very, very well. And I just thought it, it's meant to be the form that he's in. And I thought Gary Blades against Madders Razma and then either Kevin Dukes or Jose has got a very, very good chance of making that final. Yeah. It was just... Oh, could you could you imagine Dart's Twitter if it had been an all-challenge tour final? Would have been brilliant. I'd slated it, but it would have been brilliant. <laughs> um, scrolling through, and it was another good day for Damon Hetter. Kevin Dewitt's beat him at 108 average. Um, just some of the, the standout ties um, going through some of them, boys. Great to see Colin Osborne Back on the Pro Tour as well, a, a, a byproduct of everyone pulling out. Um, how are we doing, Mace? Hope you are good. Um, he says, nice lineup this week. Bring your gum shields and head guards. <laughs> um, Callum Ritz as well seemed to get rid of his World Championship hangover. Cam, the last couple not been at his best, but we saw those blistering big ton plus averages again from the riot. Yeah, it was a bit more like it, wasn't it? It was a bit like... More like what we kind of expect from him and what we what we know he can do because we know he can rattle through rattle through anyone when he's on it and it was good to see him get a little bit of form back. Yeah. Um, so that was that one, and then Sunday, the long wait was over, Gob, and you just sensed through the day from probably about the last 32 onwards, it was going to take something to stop him. Yeah, we had this, we had a similar conversation earlier in the day about Price. Price, early on on the Saturday, had that one wobble game where he had a chance to give it up. And we're like, we've seen this in the past from Van Gogh. And if you don't get them early, you don't get them at all. Um, and... The longer it went on and the more and more the players started to fall, he just thought, maybe, just maybe, he's going to be back. I mean, I can't lie, from, from, a, from a fan point of view, I, I, I said Bunting was going to win from the start of the day. For a run to the quarters, I'll take that. Um, very, very happy to see Adrian Lewis back playing well. And it was, we saw him on stream a couple of times and he looked mentally so much better than I think we've ever seen, than I think we've seen Lewis in a long, long time. When the match started going against him, there was no panic, there was no flustering, there was no 
sulking or gesturing about. It was calm. It's okay. I'll get my darts back where I want. The problem with Lewis is still the miss low below the trebles, and he starts chasing a little bit. If that first dart's in position, at times, his scoring was the best in the field on the day. He was ridiculously good on the trebles. So, so good. It's just the misses were so, so big, and that's where he needs to close the gap. Yeah, no, great, great to see Amy back, and great to see him looking. He had a haircut and a shave, and it took 20 years off him. We went to the same place. <laughs> um, greetings, John, from Germany. How are we doing, Paddy? Hope you are good. Um, you're right, Daniel. Hope you are well. Also, what a run from Martin Schindler, Cam. And that one run has put him back into the Germany World Cup team as it stands as well. And we, we spoke about it, that the work he's done on his throw and his action to make it sustainable and workable is now shown because he was brilliant across the whole day. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, it's kind of, you want to sit here and say it's a bit of a shock run for him to run through to the final, but the way he played, it wasn't whatsoever. He, he was really good all day and kind of just handled everyone that he had to play. I mean, the 6-0 over Robbie John was a, just an absolute mauling and then he's just always the final and and like I said, it was really good to see Adrian Lewis playing well again, but then he's just dismantled him in the in the semi there. Oh, yeah, look, and that and Lewis was playing all right there, but Schindler was just literally untouchable. Was it Gob did Schindler go, was it three or four nil up? And at that point Adrian's averaging a ton. I think the averages narrowed yeah. towards each other towards yeah, the end of the game as well. Yeah. Definitely. Up, but it, do you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of Keen Barry against James Wade at the UK Open. When he got out the gate early, big lead. And out the gate early, picking up leg, punishing every opportunity, hitting everything that he needed to. Timing was brilliant. And... You look at the stature of both players. Adrian Lewis would have been looking at Martin Schindler without being disrespectful going, I could have had worse draws here. Don't be wrong, Schindler was playing brilliantly, but there's still 20, 30 players in the world right now that you consider better players than Martin Schindler at least. And James yeah. Wade was expected to get from Team Barry as well. And when the, the pressure's almost on the elder statesman at that point, Schindler had absolutely nothing to lose in trying to get to his first Pro Tour final. The story is always about Lewis and trying to get that comeback. And Wadey was, again, defending the UK Open title. It started to open up a little bit for him. A lot of the big names had fallen that round before. Draws King Barry, the youngster, thinking, right, get up, do what I do, average mid-90s, be solid on my doubles, and I'll get through this one. And neither player had it their own way. No, agreed. And the other noticeable moments that... Nine data fest as well, especially from from Barney on stream, just looked absolutely silk. The action is still as good as ever. Oh, it was, yeah. That's so smooth. Um, also, Halsey had one off. Yeah, Halsey just needs to. Look, it was just look. I know we're spoiled, but nine darts on the pro tour, they it's like shedding peas. For, for they some are of these guys, because, yeah. Um, but Apart from the four missed doubles that I watched on the day, yeah, brilliant. Uh, yeah, uh, you could see Gob just getting excited when it was in his game. He'd go quiet all of a sudden. It was like, 
And then, then you'd hear him cuss as they might have gone inside or outside going for double <laughs> 12. Um, but also some interesting weekends. A good weekend for Simon Whitlock. Look, he had an absolute honker the one before. But now he's only £500 outside the race for the match play, which is which is there, big for the Wizard. Um, Barney is now within touching distance, within striking distance as well. But I know we keep saying it, boys. Chris Dobie is playing phenomenally well right now, but can't win a game. I'm not sure he's playing at the same level as he was back end of last year. I think there has been a little bit of a step down of it, but he's still performing. If, I genuinely think if you looked at it as a numbers-based approach, first nine, an actual average, Chris Doby will be up there in the top 20 players on tour right now still. And a man just cannot buy a win. It, it's quite ridiculous. It's, it's almost like Van Gerwen last year, when, he start, when his form started to turn. And you know full well... Chris Dobie is finally going to get over the line in a pro tour or, or go for a run on a chat on a Euro tour or whatever else, averaging 85 for the day. Yeah. It's going to be the yeah. day when he plays absolute garbage that Chris Dobie finally goes and breaks the slump and starts picking up wins and then goes on a mad little run somewhere. That's what you need, don't it? Sometimes, like it's a bit like Cullen on Thursday night in the in the Prem. Like he didn't need to win a game averaging 110. He needed a scrappy battle just to nick through one, and then it just changes things. Right before we move on from the Pro Tour, there's an interesting scenario this weekend. So we have Pro Tours in Wigan or Barnsley, one of them, and we have. Challenge Tour in Germany. Now, there are spots anyway because of Lakeside. So there will be Challenge Tour Challenge Tour players expected to come up. With, I think it's fair to say there'll be three or four that don't travel anyway, like there's been, so there's been gaps anyway. However, people like Scott Williams... We know, looking at the Challenge Tour Order of Merit, Jim McEwen will not be going to Germany because of Lakeside. I'm also led to believe that um, Stu Wilson, Steve Hegarty will not go to Germany either. So if you're Scott Williams, you could effectively, this weekend, seal your two-year tour card and a World Championship spot this weekend if he can replicate what he did in the first block of challenge tours. But he's also first to go to the first call for the pro tour. If you're in his situation, what do you do? Tough one, isn't it? Um, it is a, it's a very tough one. And... The likelihood is he's going to get called up for the pro tour. Like someone will drop out. Well, hundred percent. He he will have had the call for the pro tour because we know the five that are going to Lakeside. Yeah. So so I kind of think the way he's the way he's playing on it at the moment as well. It's it's probably the bigger opportunity for him to to, to go and he's got to go and do it really for me. I I have to say he's got to go to the pro tour. 
You're going the pro tour. Yeah. I'm, I'm personally the other way. I think he goes to Germany and plays on the challenge tour because he can then seal everything off for you, Bob, because obviously you've played. Last year, I would 100% have gone to the Pro Tour. If you can get yourself into the match play, that's big. Especially via the Pro Tour order of merit as as it effectively would be. This year, there's so many events. And the fact that Euro Tour's back and that half the field can make that jump over you without even trying... I think you have to go challenge. To be fair, it's it's interesting. Connor, Connor Scott is in the chat room as always. I don't know if you heard the conversation, mate, but if you were in Scott Williams' situation where you are top of the challenge tour order of merit, knowing that a lot of your rivals won't go to Germany or won't be going to Germany, sorry, to play, or you get the pro tour call up, which one would you do? They teach us at their challenge tour. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine's doing the same. What? Challenge tour? Yeah. Just messaged him. Yeah, look, I, I know Matthew Edgar is the same. Matthew Edgar is doing the challenge tour because of the rewards that, that come with it, that the um, two-year tour card, not having to go to Q school, spotting the worlds. It just... It's too big to ignore. So, with that being said, how low are we going on the challenge to order of merit this time to fill up the pro tour? Wow. <laughs> like bingo, this, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like, like a bonus ball. <laughs> um, are we having a guess? Are we all having a guess who wins? There will be less withdrawals this week, though, won't there? Because the Pro Tour's oh, no. back in oh, the UK. As Mark has provided, so half a month for a strong. It will be interesting to know what Danny Lowby plans to do. Danny Lowby There's is a big not difference. going to Germany. There's a big difference flying from... America to the UK and flying from America to Germany and changing that flight. Um, so he wasn't going to Germany, not because he didn't want to, he planned to go, but I'm led to believe that Germany have changed their rules on vaccination status, so he doesn't have enough vaccination to go to Germany and didn't have enough time to get it done from the change. So he is vaccinated, but I believe that you have to be now boosted or whatever. I might be wrong, but it's certainly something to do with that, that he doesn't have enough vaccination to go to Germany. So do we think he will be here for the Pro Tour? Possibly. Possibly. You'd have to let him know pretty soon. Look, you'd like to think those conversations have already been had by the officials at the PDC trying to work out who's going to Germany who's not depends when the deadline is doesn't it for entries you should have a deadline 
forward. Normally it's got until like tomorrow to end the end of the day today. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, interesting to try and but, but over the weekend. Yeah. Um, but that's that scenario. Before we talk about the lakeside in general, We've got a clip from Mace where he speaks about the Lakeside. We'll preview it um, in a minute, but this is Mace talking about the upcoming Lakeside tournament. I, 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 just, I just think the expectation was beyond what possibly could have been delivered at the beginning. And of course, it's not the WDF's fault in terms of ticket prices. Uh, it's purely for Potter's Creed. Yeah. Yeah, um, I've never known anybody want to sponsor an event and get all their money back. Are you concerned for Lakeside right now? The fact that this isn't a WS fault, but Bob Potter has pulled it once and tried to blame Kobe because of poor mm -hmm. ticket sales. Does he lose a fortune? Well, yeah, I don't. I don't believe it was pulled for COVID. I, I, my, I, I just think he looked at the ticket sales, done the numbers, and it was convenient to delay it, which he should have done anyway. It shouldn't have been on when it was meant to be on. Um, but my, my, what baffles me, he knew that the ticket sales were going to be tough, yet in the meantime, when he's had an extra two months, maybe three, yeah, two, two, three months, he could have looked at the structure of pricing and adjusted accordingly. Because if he's pulled it once in fear of losing 200 grand, what, is he now not going to... I, 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 I really hope not for the players' sake, for the WDF's sake, uh, for everybody involved commercially, physically. Um, I hope it happens, but my feeling is it won't. I don't think he would be prepared to lose. If he, if he, if he's prepared to lose the money, why not half the ticket sale? Why not half the ticket prices and increase sales? Good points brought up by Mace Boys. Hard to disagree yeah. with the man. He's better at his job than I am. <laughs> That's why he's got his job. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, but... The fact that some of the sessions are going to be played with around 20% or less attended, it must be less because it's what, an average of 20% ticket sales over the entire week, which means some sessions are obviously going to be more popular than the others. Wait a minute. So it's all just there. This was as of Friday, so this may have gone up by now. But when this was allocated on Friday, Monday evening session has only sold sixty-six tickets, which is five percent. Yeah, um, that's. I, I reckon I could sell more tickets down the pub to watch me and my mates play on a, after work when we had a couple of beers. Tuesday evening, 8%. Yeah, 
Um, Sunday, the final, only 25% of tickets sold. Look, obviously that will go up when people know who's in the final and said, but still, as of, I say, this was as of Friday, for the whole tournament, there was a total of 18,122 tickets complete for the week, sold 3,253. 18%. That's not a lot. It's not enough, is more it? There's more people watching us right now. There's more people watching us right now. But then there's more people watching us than they're going on the one day. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um... So, um, Women's Data says, how do you know how many tickets have been sold? It's all on the Lakeside website, mate. You can see the the number of tickets they've sold per, per session. Um, but we will we'll go ahead and we will look at the tournament. Dart does return to the Lakeside after a couple of years away. Um, one from... COVID and, and the BDO obviously moved away. So we have the top half. I've cut the men's because it was too big to to do. So we've cut it into two halves. Um, Brian Roman is the number one seed. Thibaut Tricol, Wayne Warren, Aaron Turner, uh, Neil Duff, James Hurrell make up the top six seeds, boys. But we'll look at the top half of the draw First, what's your initial reaction, God? What's your standouts? From one is obviously Martin Adams, Jared Cole, standout of the entire first round draw completely. Um, looking forward to what I hope will be a Connor Scott, Thibaut Tricol, second round game as well. I don't know an awful lot about Sean Burt. Um, Sean McDonald's got a toughie and Dave Paletti. That'll be an absolute scrap between them. That's in the bottom half of the draw. Where am I going for this? I'm looking at the full draw. You're looking at just the top. Um, yeah. I'd love to see a run from Richard Veenstra. I think he's one of the more underrated and he's definitely got the game somewhere. Just never quite deliver it. Um, but I'm hoping we see a quarterfinal between either Martin Adams and Jared Cole and Luke Littler. I genuinely, genuinely, I, I keep saying this, I don't want to keep bigging up and heaping pressure on youngsters too much, but I genuinely believe we could have a combined age of WDF World Champions by next Sunday of 33. Combined age of men's and women's World Champions. Yeah, I look. It's hard not to disagree because they are both playing. We'll come on to the ladies in a minute. Um, but we'll put the bottom half of the draw up so people can have a look at it now as well. Cam, your standouts before we pick some? Yeah, I think the bottom half of, of the draw. Um, I think you've got a couple that could be could be pretty good. I think Dave Parletti's John McDonald could be a cracking little 
little first round game there. Um, and then going on from there, you've got a couple of decent games that come through. Like, potentially got Wayne Warren, Cameron Menzies in the quarter there as uh, third round, sorry, there as well. Um, yes, and then obviously you've got, like you say, the one that God kind of jumped in there on already. Connor Scott and Tibor Trickle could be quality, and then you've got going on to them play possibly Leonard Gates after that as well. We've got a pretty tasty section of the draw there. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, someone's asked in the chat, number one seed is 20 to 1. Is he out of form? Um, he wouldn't be my pick. Is that a fair way of putting it? <laughs> up to you look we've seen brian running lively he's been steady got a tour card been steady without being exceptional so far i thought i think game for me, very, very good. when he does when he has turned up to wf tournaments he's number one seed because when he does turn up he goes deep in tournaments but i agree brian roman's a game is very very good as we've seen on the pro tour however i think his b game is horrendous it's either high 90s into the tons or very low 80s even around the 79 mark is is the problem there's nothing in between he's got a tough one as well you know john scott can play former estonia open champion i think johnny haynes looked very steady in newbury two weeks ago and then they had a good week in the not, not exceptional week, but he was competitive in the live league. Yeah. Um, some of the ones that I like, the, the, the not the look of, but I like Hope I Poo How to beat Ben Hazel. I agree. Um, yeah. I, I, I like that. Um, I fancy Andreas Harrison. In the opener as well. Against... Did or did put yeah. Um, look, Jim McEwen is steady as you like. I fancy fancy Jim to win. Um, Logan Thompson Duff is a weird little three. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I don't think any of them are going to do anything exceptional. But they've all got similar A games, and I think they've all got similar B games. It's just who produces yeah. what at what moment, I think. I'm very much looking forward to seeing Leonard Gates because mm -hmm. we saw at, at Q School some explosive darts from from Gates, and he's one that if he hooks it up, America could have a world champion. According yeah. to some of the bookies, I had him priced at two hundred to one earlier in the week. Yeah, um, which will be which will be interesting. Also, where is it? Where was the one I was looking at? Wayne Warren is an interesting one because over the last so since he won the last BDO title, we've seen. Very little of him. And when we have seen him, he's 
looked out of touch, mainly because he's not been playing to that standard that he was pre-COVID when he won the world title. If he makes the quarterfinals, I'll be very, very surprised. Yeah, I don't disagree. That's only two games. Even Shewan and Brooks, two players you, you possibly won't know an awful lot about. Uh, David Cameron from Canada, I expect him to take on Cameron Menzies. Even if Wayne Warren gets past Shewan or Brooks, I don't expect him to get past the winner of Menzies game. No. I'll tell you another one. The, Go on. the number 13 seed. For me, yeah. it's in a fairly nice little section of the draw. We saw... What are you looking at me like that for? There's worse sections you could be in. It's got Dave Prince, mate. Don't underestimate the Badger. Just what we saw in the live league from Warby last week. I think he heads there, full of confidence, and in very good form. We need to be. Yeah. He's very, very careful of chucking in a very big average though, as well. And sort of blasting someone away is Warby, definitely. Well, no, I do agree yeah, with you. In I... terms of... The other seeds in his quarter, I think he's nicely placed. I think the threats for Warby come from winners from the first round. Yeah, no, no I don't disagree. Um, I like, I'd say I like, I like the look of that. Um, if you uh, will treat this as any other tournament, boys, I would like your semi-finalists for the men's WDF World Championship, please. Same as in the chat room. Come and get involved. Lakeside semi-finalists in the men. Go on, goal. This is everyone there plotting away, and everyone's trying to work it out. Yeah. Lovely quarterfinals. Just trying to pick who I want in the semi-finals. Um, really, we'll put the top half back up for you. Two seconds. It's too too big for. Work yours out yet, boys? Or I, I can't work out who to get past the quarters. I've got four very, very good <laughs> quarterfinals. I just can't put who I want in the semis for <laughs> Um Quarterfinals are unreal. Right, I think I'm there. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anyone's going to agree with me. Uh, and I'm going a little bit hard. 
heart overhead at one point as well. Um, Martin Adams, Mike Warburton. That's the <laughs> gone heart overhead. I'm taking I'm taking Wolfie to have a have a big run. And I'm going Leonard Gates, Jules Van Dongen in the other one. I don't dislike that, mate. I think that's tidy. If you work yours out, uh, to be fair, I've got a couple of asterisks because I can't make my mind up between a few players. So, mm. well, Gob's contemplating. The top half, I think it would either be Luke Littler or Martin Adams. I'm going to go with Again, this is probably nostalgia reasons. I'm going to go Wolfie. We'll play either Jim McEwen or Mike Warburton. I'm going to edge Warby. And then the bottom half, I've got Leonard Gates or Connor Scott. Sorry, Connor, I'm going to edge Leonard Gates. We'll play Cameron Menzies. Well, that, that's three of them out already then, boys, because me and you have agreed on three out of four. Yeah. <laughs> Chat room getting involved. Love this. As an official, I can't give predictions in the chat there from Henry. Absolutely not giving you predictions. Get them in. <laughs> what are you going for, Gob? I've got Luke Litzler to it... beat Martin Adams and be semi finalist yeah. number one. By the time Gob's decided to, we will have played him. It's off. I've got. <laughs> Little will take on McEwen in the semi-finals after he beats Paul Hogan. Connor Scott beats James Richardson. And Cameron Menzies beats James Horrell to make the semi-finals. You know what's coming next, don't you? I would like your winner and runner-up of the men's WDF World Championship. Same for you, chat room. Winner and runner-up. Mike Warburton beats Leonard Gates in the final. Women's darts has got exactly the same prediction as me. Luke Littler beats Connor Scott. 
Cameron Menzies beats Mike Warburton. For me. Don't get me wrong. Mine could go wrong at any stage because it's all or nothing with Cammy. When it's good, it is unreal. But it, it could go it could go left field quite quick. But I just something that I, I fancy Cammy to come through. Format. Uh, first round is best of three sets. Second and third round, best of five. Quarterfinals, best of seven. Semis, best of nine. And final, best of 11 sets. So first to six. From there, gentlemen, and chat room, we move on to the ladies. Now, Dieter Hedman, number one seed. Number two, Corinne Hammond. Three, Anka Zilstra. Four, Eileen DeGraff. Five, Bo Greaves. Six, Kirsty Hutchinson. Seven, Maria O'Brien. Eight, Lorraine Wynne Stanley. First round games. I fancy Lorraine Hyde to be Tory Jewish. I do too, just. I haven't seen enough of Tori. I, I guess she's brilliant, but the fact she's not been able to really get out of Australia for the last 18 months or so. Yeah. Um, I fancy Vicky Pruin as well. Again, just the fact that she's been playing regularly uh, at a decent standard. I still think Makuru playing in the live league this week is a masterstroke from her. Um, Paula Murphy, yeah, I have no idea about that game. No idea. Yeah. For me, Rihanna Sullivan beats Paula Jacqueline. Everybody does, don't they? <laughs> um, but plotting your again, plotting your way. I'd like your ladies semi-finalists. Again, chat room, get involved. Who makes the final four of the women's event?
Let's have that one. Yeah. I'm done on this one. Go on then. <laughs> Lorraine wins Stanley will take on Bo Greaves in the semi-finals and from the bottom half Maria O'Brien will take on Kirsty Hutchinson I'm not a million miles off you um I've got Dieter Hedman taking on Borg Reeves. And I've gone for... I, th I still think Corinne Hammond comes through and plays Kirsty Hutchinson as well. Mine is very similar to Cam's. I think Dieter Hedman will play Makuru Suzuki. I nearly went that. I very nearly went that way. <laughs> and look, don't get me wrong, I fully appreciate how well Bo is playing right now. But until I see her play, I have a few question marks that need answering for me. God, I know we've spoken about this uh, a, a lot. If she gets that, or if that is right, and she answers those questions, I think she wins it. But until I've seen... Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I don't get me wrong. I'm 100% with you on that. But until I see those questions answered, I'm edging for Makuru. But if Bo comes through, she blows them all away. I'm 100% with you on that one. Um, and from the bottom half, I've got Corinne Hammond to play Kirsty Hutchinson. I think the difference between Bo and the rest of the field is Bo's bad game is around about that 80 mark in the average. And I'm not sure anybody else in that field's got that in their locker. Carl uh, is in the chat room. Hope you are good, mate, Dan. Getting ready for the live league. Um, again, I agree, but there are some question marks that I have that I want to see answered first. It's all right playing well at County and at these tournaments. It's when you flick a TV camera on with the issues that Bo's had in the last 18 months, God. I know we, we've spoken about it. If that is fine, I completely agree with you. I think she blows them away. But there's just that thing in the back of my head with the action when a TV camera is on. I think she'll be fine. I, I, look, I hope she is. Because she has a phenomenal talent. But until I see... I'm edging for Makuru with this week in the live lounge as prep for I think the sooner she wins this, the sooner we can see her really, really pushing Fallon and Lisa in the PDC as well. Yeah. So, Those two in particular getting... not want to see Bo play well this weekend. 
next weekend. No. Or the weekend and after. The other question mark I have around Bo at the moment is the fact he's just turned 18. I think that's helping out. <laughs> to be honest, Quite possibly. I think that's part of the reason why like, no, I'm not saying so it might not be. But as a player, Gob, we've all been there when you have one practice too many to settle nerves. And at that young age, you it's how you put it right. We've seen at the very top level, the current men's world champion is over-practiced at the Worlds at least once, shall we say, as we saw from the, the TV interview. You learn with experience to, to get that part of the game right. Yeah. I think she'll be all right. And that, there was a couple I hope of questions so. in the chat room about uh, will the format suit Luke and the, and the distance. And it will be a stretch for him to play about distance. I'm hoping he's practicing over similar distances um, wherever he's practicing. The key for Luke's campaign will be whoever he's got in his camp, if you like. Whoever's yeah. there, just giving him that, that word of encouragement in the stage breaks. Well, the interesting bit compared... Well, I presume so. I presume it's the same as the the BDO, where managers can have a word in their ear during breaks, where at the PDC you can't. I presume that will be the same. That That's what I mean. If, you if Luke's got into... a decent team behind him, which I presume he will do, there will be a lot of expectation on him. But if he's just got one or two people in his ear that know how to keep him calm, etc., and say, look, you've done this a million times at the level you've been playing at already, the dartboard doesn't change. Oh, yeah, no, agreed. Then I think he can, he can go and rip his file. So, off that, I'm, I'm guessing, Gob, you're going Bo to win it overall. Bo to beat Maria O'Brien in the final, yeah. Cam? Uh, yeah, I think if Bo gets to the point of getting to the semi finals. Then yeah, I think we see her go on and win it. So I'm gonna say she beats Kirsty Hutchinson in the final. Yeah, look, I, I, I think for me, I've got Corinne getting to the final. Where look, it will either be Makuru or Bo, and the winner comes from the top half. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I was kind of, I was very close to picking Makuru rather than Bo for the semi-final. I think whoever comes through that game, which I think it will be that game for the quarters, is the one that goes on and probably wins it. Yeah. Yeah, no, look, I don't, don't disagree. Look, I'm, I'm, look, if anything, I'm more looking forward to the ladies' event than I am the men's. Standard. Yeah. Um, dream team scenario could you imagine if we have the f final four one day of Lisa Ashton Fallon Sheriff Bo Greaves and Makuri Suzuki 
please. Some, some final four. I think the minute they manage to do that once on the women's series, the skeptic in me suggests that they will never ever be put in the same court of the draw again. Do you think they would deliberately keep people out of the same side of the draw? No, because they don't do that in the Premier League. <laughs> no, of course not. To be fair, though, whilst we're on the, the, the lady subject, stick all four of them, stick the Fab Four in the Grand Slam. Could you imagine? The issue with that is Bo's not played any PDC events. So in order to stick all four of them in, what you're effectively hoping is that she wins this title, but in doing so, the PDC recognise the WDF again and have WDF invitees. Won't happen, so no. Not this year anyway. <laughs> Can't just whack Bo in, who's never played a PDC event before, as far as I'm aware. No, not even sure she's played yeah. development tour. Which is surprising because I think she'd scare a lot of people at that development tour. She did she did Q school a few years ago. Um, but that is the women's world championship. But before that, gentlemen, we're off to Birmingham. By the look on Gob's face, Gob forgot about Birmingham's Premier League this week. I forgot about that. I thought we were going to do Live League lineup quickly. But okay, we'll do Premier League. I, I, we don't want to do the Live League in a week of darts. Okay. <laughs> um, night eight of the Kazoo Premier League. This is done this time around on where you have been in the table up to now. So James Wade will play Michael Van Gerwen, John Cullen will play Gerwen Price, an all Scottish clash, Gary Anderson and Peter Wright, and then Johnny Clayton takes on Michael Smith. Where are we going, boys? We'll start at the, start at the top. Gob, your boy, does he have enough in the Arsenal to beat MVG this week? Yes. <coughs> no. Yes, he does. I'm trying to remember what I predicted, predicted on Thursday night, but I'm just... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was James <laughs> Pretty sure it was James Yeah, I'm pretty sure I disagreed with you, so you know, we'll go that way. Um... So, yeah, match, match number one will be MVG, James Wade. Got thoughts on the game itself. James is going to have to improve that doubling percentage. Well, apparently it was pretty good last week. I just didn't notice. Uh, it just needs to put it all together. <laughs> We've seen moments this year when his scoring has been ridiculous and he's hitting more 180s than before. We've seen moments when his finishing is very good. He just needs to put together a good, solid performance all round. Start well, keep the pressure off him, and, and just stay in front. So, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm going MVG win. Cam, you're going? I'm going MVG win as well. I think there's no pressure on him this week in the same way there was last week. He won't be trying his hardest to put on a good performance. I think he'll relax, and I think we see 
think we see a ton plus average probably comfortably above it. I think 105 average from him and he bashed him up 6 2. Yeah, and also as well, I think for me, the the rest of the 1 2 8, or certainly the top 10, are allowing Michael Van Gerwen to play himself back into devastating form as well. Um, you think in the last month we've had two Premier League wins, a Euro Tour, and now a Pro Tour. The signs are there. Yeah, I, mean, I, I forgot to mention this before when we were talking about the Pro Tours. When I'm just gonna, I don't get much chance to do this, so I'm just gonna call Gob out on it here. He said that the Premier League is not helping the players when it comes to the Pro Tours. Now we've just seen two of the Premier League players win the events this weekend. So, <laughs> more about that. <laughs> Remember, rule number one, Cam: never let the truth get in the way of a good story. That's true. Yeah, that. Um, match number two: Joe Cullen against Gerwin Price. Joe Cullen winning last week, Cam, but will he make it past the quarterfinals in Birmingham? I don't think so. I think Desi's just probably playing a little bit too well at the moment. And I think he won't be able to scrape a result against him the same way he managed to against Gary in the early stages last week. And I think we see Gezi come through this one. For you, Gob. Price wins. This is an intro. Oh, yeah, for me, yeah, I'm going Price as well. Um, Interesting one for me. We've got two double-winning world champions, but both like the England batting lineup. Out of Nick right now, Gob. Well, Gary won the tournament two weeks ago, playing very, very well. Yeah, but overall, he's out of Nick. One in cricket, one knock doesn't put you back into. Tell that to people that like James Vince. It's interesting. I've, I've actually written down right wins brackets sub 90 because I'm just not expecting anything <laughs> from this game. I'm to be pleasantly surprised. I think we see but a decent can. game. but Yeah, I think we see a better game actually. I think it will be will be a little bit better as long as he doesn't use three sets of darts and ten legs again. I think we'll see a better <laughs> game, but I do think right wins as well. Well, I'm going the other way. I'm going Ando. I'm going Gando to beat right, and then give him a stone cold stunner. I'm oh, sorry. It is WrestleMania week, God. Come on. Why not? Who gives a crap? Grow up. <laughs> um, I, I don't often then... agree with God, to be honest, but I'm, I'm in God's corner here on this one. Nah, not having it. Not having it. Um, and then the final game, Johnny Clayton. Basketball, American football, or, be- or ice hockey. Baseball's back. You want to talk make-believe cuddling? Grow up. The American football, they wear helmets and pads. It's not even like proper rugby. If you want to wear a pad, I tell you. It's not even like proper rugby. 
We'll have no NFL fan here in here, Barzy. None of that. <laughs> Uh, my, my NFL one, Dan, Dan Marino is still the greatest in the world. Um, but the final game, Clayton Smith. Cam, where are we going? Um, I'm going Michael Smith. And I think, I think we'll see a good performance from him and he'll get over the line. In a close one. Gob. Johnny. I agree with Gob. I'm going 5 all. Johnny Clayton takes out 1-2-1 one, on one the ball and we get the trademark finger point to the side camera. He does love a 1-2-1. One, one. Yeah. I have He's... written Clayton not just... That is that is the prediction. <laughs> Just yeah, I, I think it will be close. Um, and there's a lot of lot of lot of WrestleMania love in the chat room, which is what we love to see, guys. More of it, please. No. Um. Nope. <laughs> Kick them all out. So again, normal practice for Premier League nights. Chat room as well. I would like your finalists. And winner, please, from your said selected players in the semi-final. I'm sticking with who I said I was going to win on Thursday. I can't remember who I said he was going to play in the final, so I'm just going to guess. Uh, but Michael Smith wins, and I think he beats... Remember who I predicted. Um, <laughs> I think he beats Van Gogh in the final. Where are you going, Gob? It's only one way to go, isn't there? No, there's your way, and then we'll all laugh. That one. Johnny Clayton beats Peter Wright. Because after averaging, maybe maybe I should move the sub ninety across one. Right, we'll do an okay job on a Gary mid nineties. We'll go ninety three, just enough. Then it will drop off. He's struggling to play more than one game on a night. Johnny Clayton wins that one with about a ninety six. Uh, but he also struggles when he gets to a final. We've seen that a couple of times already. The average drops, uh, which is where James Wade will take advantage after already beating Michael Van Gogh and Gerwin Price. Are you drunk? No, it's Dr. Pepper. Have you had too much sugar? Uh, I did have a Domino's before we started. It's gone to your head. Yeah. I'm out of Lucas Um, Unlike Gob's nonsense he's just been spouting there, James Wade will not reach the final. Um, No, I've gone um, MVG beats Johnny Clayton for me. Wins. I think MVG. I think Ed. I think MVG edges price. MVG edges price in a good game in the semi-final. Johnny Clayton dispatches of Gary Anderson. MVG wins the final six-four. Do you know how I know James Wade's going to win? Go on. Because we don't you have a show us? next week. 
We didn't have a show next week because of the WDF World Championships. So I'm not going to be able to sit here and brag about it. That's like when Liverpool won the title, isn't it? It was the best possible because there was no bus parade. <laughs> We'd have borrowed your bus, but you've never used one. Which is which is not very good. <laughs> um, so chat well, room. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make for a great. It wouldn't make for a great bus parade, would it? Just gob watching Wade go past. <laughs> gob, gob in all the shot. Just between two roundabouts, you can just keep going round and seeing the same me. <laughs> like a sad fairground, right? <laughs> Yay! At, at some point, oh, Julie just let you on the bus. Give a crap. They've been round twice, they're bored <laughs> crapless. <laughs> Bugger off! Why have you sat me in this seat? <laughs> mind, mind, mind you, but in in a week of darts, there there has been some good news for Gob because the PDC released this, and there he is on the end. James Wade will be going. Well, we presume so. It'd be funny if they left someone out that was on this poster. But judging by normal events, if you're on the poster, there's a fair shout you're going. It looks happy about James it as well, Wade. doesn't it? Yeah, everyone else is smiling or giving it some. He looks like he just missed his bus. I think because of how often rankings three, four, and five are changing around, they literally don't have a choice. <laughs> because these events could come round, and James Wade could be clear world number three again. Or. He could be adrift at five. Well, he could be adrift, but they, they can't take that risk if he is adrift. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um But judging by that poster someone is going to have to miss out. Of the Premier League players. Or of the top eight. Or, no, no yeah, look, actually, I think two of the top eight miss out because surely after the year he's had, Clayton goes, who is currently ranked nine. Don't get me wrong, he's close to Dimmy, so they could be swapping places. Possibly. I think I'd use... I'd share it around a bit. I think these six should be in everything. And the other ones can rotate. So almost... Look, it's not very fair, but so three get New York, Copenhagen and said other events other on. <laughs> And then even necessary, you, could send two, you could send two to New York, then a different two to two of the others, and then a different two to these three. And that way you get six others in. 
which would be, I'd say Gary to New York, but I wouldn't give him the rest. I'd send Dimmy to Copenhagen. I'd send... Who would I send down under? Johnny, maybe. Jose. Johnny. Jose or Johnny. And then I'd pair them with Rob Cross, Joe Cullen, and Jose or Johnny. Um, chat room, good points there. I think, like in previous years, when Kyle and Corey in particular were tour card holders, that Simon Whitlock, Damon Hetter, Gordon Mathers will be at the World Series event. They just won't be one of the eight. They'll be on the other be side. The They'll be the other eight, yeah. Whitlock's previously the eight. But I think they'll both go as the other eight. Yeah, completely. Unless, I'm, I'm, like we said, these six plus Whitlock and Hatter become the eight and they play eight others. Possibly, yeah. Because actually, if Whitlock and Hatter are in the other eight, they run the risk of knocking these lot out. And that would be big. Just guess, scroll. I don't want that one. Oh, on that one. So, when was the last? Damon Hatter and Simon Whitlock will play in some capacity in all three of these. It's just which yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm just looking. The last time we went to Australia, uh, Whitlock went as one of the eight, but Kyle and Corey... Kyle and Corey got wild cards and were one of the others. Yeah. Um, so Aaron Smith, I expect to be there. You you would probably expect Raymond Smith, Gordon Mathers, Hope I Puhau. Maybe, um, is it Kai Smith as well? He played right in the Worlds. Yeah. yeah. Um, who's the lad with glasses? Poozy? Yeah. I think that'll be the eight. Might get a little bit of rotation for New Zealand. You might see Ben Robb, uh, Warren Parry. James Bailey as well. Bailey's Australian, yeah. There'll be some competition for those spots. Yeah, yeah, it'll be, it'll be decent. Um, Henry just made the point uh, I was going to make, actually, there as well. Do we think Knopper gets in for at least a couple of them? One. Um, Knopper may be in one. And if we haven't just dropped a big hint there, then never, ever will. <laughs> I think we'll see Nopper in one. But again, but again, that may not be as part of the eight. He may be alongside them on the other, yeah. Yeah. The, the other eight. Yeah. 
along with Raymond Van Barnabas. Along with Raymond Van Barnabas. ready though phil's going to read off some more information and then we'll start answering your questions as per we will so it was mike warburton who won this week's live league playing some great stuff but we can tell you this week's getting the laptop out nice and professional as always uh this week's lineup will be group a scott baker carl wilkinson who was in the chat room in his hotel room no doubt chris quantock making his debut the artist kevin painter Makuru Suzuki makes her debut and Matty Dennant. Group B will be Rob Collins, Daryl Pilgrim, Graham Hall. Group C, this one could get a bit fiery depending who is in there. Aaron Monk returns to the Live League for the first time in 2022. Ryan Furness. Adam Smith Neil. Hello. Not a bad looking lineup. For the live league this week. The bad boys of darts. Bad boys, bad boys. What are you going to do? Don't go and watch um, Bad Boys 3. I did that on my birthday the other year and it was terrible. I've, I've seen it. Um, one of those films that if it was just a standalone film and you didn't hadn't watched Bad Boys 1 and 2, it was bearable, but it just didn't compare to Bad Boys 2. One's the best. Controversial. Good not. Oh, look, we're talking about um, Will Smith today. How did that happen? <laughs> to be fair, when I, when I woke up this morning and first saw that, I thought it was a joke because all I saw was the clip, no context to it. It looks very scripted. Uh, yeah, I mean. I'm still not sure it's. I'm still not sure it's real. Um, but have we missed anything else in a week of darts, boys? We've covered quite a lot. Can't Normally why I forget else. something. A lot of teams of there was county this weekend. For some teams, it was the last game. For some teams, it was a penultimate game. Um, I don't know what that actually means to any of the tables. No. It's on Jake, do you mean the Grand Prix in Saudi Arabia or the fact that the PVC are put back to Dublin out today? We will return to the City West. Cannot wait. However, the actual Grand Prix in Saudi was quite good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it until the last couple of laps. That's the bit I enjoyed. Go on, Max. Oh, here we go. Support, supporting with, with the orange again, are we? <laughs> did, you, did, did, did you not see me cheering them on last year? <laughs> I was winding jar up a tree. <laughs> Well, that's, that's never the most difficult thing to do, is it? 
<laughs> um, but it's been absolute belting tonight, but it wouldn't be the same without question time. So let's get the questions in as always. Um, uh, no, I would. I don't think Corey Cabby will be in Australia or putting, he'll be playing in the World Series this year. Um, will you do a fallout bar for Lakeside? Not this one, folks. We are very, very stretched with the team. We're already rotating who's going to be at the venue. Um, yeah. We have Pro Tour cover Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and the following weekend. And we have yeah. to, I'll be in Reddit covering the Seniors Masters Qualifier. So not for the WDF, unfortunately. If we can get little roundup clips from the venue, um, Lee's going to be there for the majority. Phil will be there for the first couple of days. Uh, and Henry's there working for the WDF as well. If, if they get any time and they can chuck you some bonus content, uh, then we will do. Um, but for the most part, it's just going to be the interviews with Phil and Lee. Yeah, we are we are very thin for the next ten days. We think we've got everything covered, just about. But um, we are we are very thin with yeah, um, PDC, WDF, seniors, you name it. It's, this has stretched us to the limit. If we get through this, boys, we've done well. Um, not a darts one, but Tommy's asked, favourite Will Smith film? Good question. Bad Boys. Bad Boys 2. Man in black. I can't sit here and call Phil a child for liking wrestling, for you to like alien crap. <laughs> I mean, I mean I've mean, i probably not watched it for a good 15 years, but <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. Also, Men um, in Black 2 is still... better than Men in Black. Hitch isn't uh, a bad shout there in the jar, to be fair. Mm. It's all right. Uh, James, he's no, still I trying to look like Mark Chapman. Is the best. He's the best I, question we've had. I just need a haircut. I just need a haircut. <laughs> is the problem? It was just like yeah, that'll do. Do need a trim. Oh, so do I. James hit a one eighty in the pub for the first time in a while for the weekend. Bart, superb. Deserves a shout out. Yeah, hundred percent. Uh, Daniel, the entry list will probably be out maybe tomorrow once they've worked out if they've got one, two, eight. Um, Sam, well, I don't think they've seen each other. They may have exchanged messages, but um, they, they certainly won't have seen each other. We'll try and find out more in Birmingham because they will be in the same hotel. How often do you get your hair cut? Uh, once every three or four weeks? Not often enough. <laughs> Coming from the man that spent hours walking around Nottingham trying to find a barber. <laughs> Probably wasn't worth the walk. <laughs> um... <laughs> Definitely trying not to I nibble that. <laughs> I got vodka instead on Friday night, and then I ended up in a Riley's. I went to Riley's on a Friday night. Don't do it. Um, 
Nathan says, would you rate Wade above Lewis overall? It's an interesting one for me. Anyone that hurts Wade's no world title, but 11 TV majors shows consistency and longevity over Lewis. No, 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 not at all. There's only one that matters at the end of the day, and Lewis has got two of them. I'm actually torn on this. I'm very torn on this. Yeah. I, and I get both sides of the argument. I just can't make up my mind where I am. Normally, I'm slap bang. World championships mean a lot. But accompanying it with Adrian Lewis is the fact he is a massive, massive underachiever. For the amount of ability that James Wade has on a dartboard, he's a massive, massive overachiever. Yeah, and that makes um, him even colder. And the fact both players yeah. are still well under the age of 40 and still playing, Wade is having a better time of it right now. <laughs> look, instantly, if, if, if look, and I, sadly, I don't think it will happen, but if James could add a world title to that resume, for me, he instantly goes into the top five. All time, yeah. Yeah. No, I probably agree with that, but if he doesn't, then he stays below Lewis for me. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's interesting. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there are many players where we can look at seriously and go, they move into the top five all time if they'd added a world title. I'm not sure there's any. No. But James Wade's no, there's, longevity and ability in an era that contain Phil Taylor's dominance and then Michael Van Gerwen's emergence and dominance to win as much as he had is quite frankly ridiculous yeah great question here yeah. from Bill chap do you think any of Hop Henderson or Brown will keep their tour cards next year as in Keegan Brown yeah Um, Both have a lot, or all three have a lot to do. Yeah, I sadly say no. I don't. I don't think they will. Any of them. I think the only. I think Max Hop has a better chance because he may get into your more Euro tours for being the number one Max Hop. Possibly, yeah. If he can spunk his way into all those Euro tours in Germany, he may accumulate enough money to get himself to the World Championship and then he has a chance. But right now, I worry for Hendo and Brian. I think if any of them will, it will be Max Hop, but for a backdoor entrance, not, not particularly the right way. I agree that one has a better chance than the others, but I think Keegan Brown's got the best chance of keeping it. Even with the backdoor entries, I'm still not convinced by Max Hopp's form. I think Brown is another unfortunate one because of COVID, because of his job. I know he was ill at the start of this year as well. I spoke to him at the Circus Tavern. He came along to support uh, Richie House uh, for the first couple of days. Um, I 
think he's got more chance of turning it around than the other two. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. That it's a good one. Um, uh, Daniel, just some of them didn't want to travel to Germany. It, it's a, it's a lot of reasons. Look, Niedenhausen isn't the easiest place to get to, so it's a flight and a train or flight and a decent car ride. Um, if you if you're not managed or you're not sponsored, it's a lot of money as well and some just want to use an ipad it's an issue as well yeah there were no markers so as we saw one minute we had a 180 up there and the next year it was changed to 45 or something stupid like that some of the some of the players aren't very good with technology um so yeah it could be many reasons why they didn't um could you turn one of the Masters into a PDC versus the rest of the world team darts? Yes, yeah, Sam, this is something we've spoken about a lot. We love the the idea of the Ryder Cup of, of darts. It will be it will be amazing. Somewhere, once upon a time, before I joined with Phil, myself and Jar did a podcast debate about who we'd put in each team, who we'd have as captain, the format, we had pairs matches and all sorts. And I batted yeah. it. And he couldn't accept it, but I batted it. Um, and it says Clements and Schindler get those German spots right now. Yeah, no, I agree, mate, but there's still more opportunity for them to qualify, isn't there? Because there's still more of the locals and... Can Tricol break through the French market? I think I may be wrong with this, but isn't the French market very dominated by soft tip still? Yeah. Very, very dominated. We've seen, we've seen other nations come from that position. I think the advantage or something that will certainly help is the emergence of uh, Jacques Labra as well. Yeah. Hopefully they get a World Cup spot. Yes. The fact you've got two Frenchmen playing in it and there is an interest every time they play, even if it's not from France necessarily, there's an interest from outside yeah. your country. Your country are doing, your country will jump on board with it. Yeah. Um, James says, is Duzza safe on the tour card race sitting on 45, um, 40.5K, need uh, another 10K from somewhere? Um, there were promising signs for me at the weekend. Compared to where Glenn was, and especially what we saw on the Sunday, I hold out hope. Gob's not convinced. No, it is a... Glenn delivery boat, but I am concerned about even when it's going well, like there is just that drop off. And look, it's been building up nicely since January for Glenn. It certainly looks more promising than the back end of last year, where it felt a lot like he was turning up the tournament, was going through the motions. We sort of knew what was coming. This time, the drop offs are there, and the issue isn't 
the drop off from over 100 to 90 and losing from 4 2 up or whatever it was the other week, 5 2 at the weekend and losing 6 5. It's the fact that the weekend before he was chucking in below 70s. There's a massive range of inconsistency there. And that's more difficult to get back. Look at Adrian Lewis. Yeah. Um, last couple of questions then, guys. Um, does the winner of the WDF tour um, get... Uh, no, there's no hookup between the WDF and the PDC. Um, not saying it will never come back, but certainly not in the short term. Would you take Duzzer's career over Wade's? No. Oh. No, I don't think I would either. Would I? No. No. I know he's a world it's champion. Quite... I know he's a world championships over everything, but not not the same with, with a BDO one as a BDC one. It's not that one that does it for me. Glenn's, the back end of the titles for Glenn came at an era where the credibility of it being a world championship had really started to diminish. The early 2000, 2010s, there was still a okay, it's the BDO, whatever, but it was still decent. When Bunting's picking up the world title and uh, Scott Waits and Martin Adams and that are going through the motions and Scott Mitchell, there's still some sort of credibility there. You still had Fitton and does a, uh, Fitton and um, O'Shea playing in decent nick, Gary Robson, etc. All players that have been relatively competitive, plus all the players that have gone there, played and then moved over to the PDC. By the end of Dozer's three in a row, I'm not sure the credibility was there. I think everybody else as a professional was pretty much in the PDC by that point. And also, James Wade on the will have more money left on his order of merit if he doesn't win another penny for the rest of the year in the PDC right now than does have got for winning three world titles. Yeah. The one for me, the one for me that swings it. Is the world match play? Um, so yeah, a good one from James here. Where will MBG be ranking wise after the worlds? Um, Everyone knows what I'm going to say on this. We're saying, are you going? Are you going on the top step? No. Can you get there? You can't quite get there, can you? Um, he'd have That's to funny. win. He'd have to win. He'd, he'd have to win. Maybe one, two. In between, yeah. In between as well, but yeah, technically he could. Um, I think MBG will be ranked two after the Worlds. Gob's going three. 
I don't know though. Yeah, I think I think three as well. I'm going two. And we all know why that is, because there'll be five hundred thousand ranking points added yeah, to that that's, tally. <laughs> that's why I thought you <laughs> might may go even bolder and go for the top step. Look, I'm quite there yet. However, if he wins the world match play in July, then I will be going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, folks. Two hours have absolutely flown by. We're already in Fergie time, as it's now been called on this show as well, when we run over. Um, everyone absolutely loved today's show. Pleasure to have you all along for the last two hours. Remember, the live league returns tomorrow, 9.30, on our YouTube channel. An absolute belting lineup. Makuru Suzuki headlining and plenty coming up as well. Pro Tour streams, Premier League, WDF World Championships. Um, we won't be here next Monday because of the WDF Worlds. Um, there's no point us talking about darts when there is a major tournament going on. So we will return in two weeks' time for the Live Lounge. Absolute pleasure. Cam, great to have you on as always, Gob. Pleasure has been all ours for the last two hours. We have an online darts, and if you haven't subscribed, you won't miss out. That is us signing out for the evening, and thank you very, very much. Yeah.